Thanks for coming with me to Meyer. Absolutely. Ooh, I'll take one of these. During the Meyer 7 for $7 sale, mix or match hundreds of items and pay just $1 each when you pick any seven or more. We need bell peppers, Eckrich meat franks to grill, Powerade sports drinks for warm days, Chobani Greek yogurt, and Meyer essential paper towels. On it. And an extra cart. What? Why? Well, it's only $1 each. We're getting way more than seven. Shop the 7 for $7 sale at Meyer and pay just $1 each when you mix or match any seven or more. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated. A no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. What's up, everybody? How you doing on a Tuesday today? With you for the next couple of hours, Phil Elson, Matty T, Drew Barrett, Major League Baseball trading deadline, 5 o'clock, and it looks like the big domino is falling. And not in favor for St. Louis Cardinals fans that are going to be a little bit upset about this. You did get a bolster in your starting rotation yesterday from the Pittsburgh Pirates acquiring Jose Quintana and reliever Chris Stratton, but you're going to miss out on Juan Soto. According to John John Morosi broke the news about 10 minutes ago, and now it looks Mm -hmm. like it is official. He's going to be a San Diego Padre. Uh, Washington will be acquiring a number of, uh, well, of course, I mean, it goes without saying, going to be acquiring a number of prospects and will be trading... The one of the best 23 year old hitters you've ever seen, uh, to along with first baseman Josh Bell, uh, to the Padres, who right now are on the outside looking in, uh, for the seven team NL tournament. Two games back, they're one game in back of the Cardinals in the standings, and uh, boy. I mean, you knew it was going to be either the Dodgers, the Padres, or the Cardinals. And I read last night, Drew, that the Cardinals were. Uh, balking at sending young center fielder Dylan Carlson in the trade. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they wanted to trade Jordan Walker either. Well, I, I read this morning that Dylan Carlson was a part of the trade, that I guess he had been added to negotiations earlier today. But uh, honestly, you know, we talked about it yesterday and really what tra- what trajectory the Cardinals are headed into. I think that yeah, you obviously want a guy like Juan Soto to be on your team. Nobody's going to sit here and say, I don't want him. 
I don't want the best 23-year-old player in the game right now on my team, somebody that could be on my team for 17 years. Nobody's going to say that. But this might have been a blessing in disguise just of how much they would have had to give up and... It's not a guarantee, and there is there are no guarantees in sports, but it felt like with the Cardinals situation where their roster is right now that it was ultimately a bigger gamble to bring him in than to let him go. Well, you're going to miss out on I, – I, I, again, I thought Soto would have been a, a really good piece to them, for them, kind of felt like they needed a pitcher along with another hitter, uh, so – it, it's really just a matter of, I think, the Padres looking uh, or the Nationals looking at what they're getting in return here. And I'm reading, what do we got here? I got one, two, three, four, five, six players are going to go from San Diego to Washington mm-hmm. in a six for two package. Uh, and you just, you know, I don't know if the Cardinals necessarily were going to give up all their best prospects in this deal. <laughs> Uh, it, it felt like uh, they wanted to at least hold on to to one of them, you know, maybe Carlson and or Walker. But so so now you can add uh, Juan Soto to a lineup that includes Manny Machado, uh, Tatis when he's healthy, mm-hmm. but when is he healthy these days? That's the question, right? Eric Hosmer, who's never lived up to the contract that he signed, and a team that uh, to me really feels like it's kind of uh, been underwhelming since all the money that they've spent so there you go that was the big that was the big uh, piece everybody was expecting to go at some point you knew it was going to happen the Mm -hmm. nationals weren't going to be holding on to him again because you never know if it's going to be a buyer's market or a seller's market felt like this was much more of a seller's market and washington uh getting rid of uh guy that's probably going to win a couple of batting titles mvp awards on his way through and there's going to be other trades that come down the line today, and maybe even while we're on the air. So if that does happen, we'll let you, we'll get you, uh, we'll get you uh, updated on it. Cardinals fans, are you upset uh, that you're not getting Juan Soto? Did you think that you had a? I felt you had a real shot at him. If you're, if if all of the industry insiders are saying these, this is one of the three teams mm-hmm. that's uh, in contention for him, and it sounded like they had put a couple of decent packages together. Uh, does this disappoint you uh, that you're not getting Soto? Are you angry at uh, John Moseliak in the front office for, I think, trying to hold on to one of your to one of your top prospects uh, in this situation? You know, and and I can understand like you never really know if a prospect is going to pan out. You just never know. I remember working at the Travelers in one year. We had a three. We had three players off that team, including Gene Segura, who I think is still. I think he's still in the big leagues. Uh, three players packaged up and sent to the Brewers for Zach Grinky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, was, I mean, you're you're bummed out that you're losing three of your best players at Double A, but you understand the situation here. That Double A team stunk that year. That Travelers team was no good. But the manager of that team, a guy named Mike Micucci explain to me that it didn't matter what the team's record was. It was already a successful year for the Angels double-A team because they got Zach Grinke from basically three guys off the double-A team. And, and a, you know, Juan Soto is a known quantity. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of expect what you're going to get from him and then get it from him. He hasn't necessarily been as good this year, I think, as he's been the previous few years. But you know what you're going to get out of him. You don't know if Jordan Walker is going to pan out. You don't know if Mason Wynn is going to pan out. You don't know if Dylan Carlson is going to pan out. Maybe one of them does. 
Juan Soto has already panned out and is one of the best hitters in the game. So does this make the Padres a contender now, JT and Hot Springs asks? It has to, right? I would imagine it does. I mean, uh, if the Padres don't make a deep playoff run or make it to the World Series, you know, within the next few years, and that includes this year. I mean, it's it's got to it's got to be soon. the The window it's closing for them, especially with Tatis Jr. and his health and his availability that uh, really isn't there anymore. That this would be one of the biggest prime examples of, hey, yeah, you can. We've, we've seen time and time again teams like the Yankees throw money at it and being able to buy a championship. But it doesn't always mean it's going to work. doesn't mean that just because you throw money at it, it's going to ultimately stick and win you a commissioner's trophy. You you, know, the, you've got to throw money at the right pieces. The funny thing about the Padres now is that they their ownership is made up of people that grew up inside the Dodgers organization. Mm-hmm. I used to work for some of these people in the California League. The Seidler family uh, is is main ownership, and Seidler is O'Malley. That's 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 Walter O'Malley's mm-hmm. family right there. Uh, so they grew up in the Dodgers organization, took on the Padres' ownership, I think it was six or seven years ago, and, I mean, they've never been able to get out of the Dodgers' shadow. Never. As hard as they will try. These are people that have Dodger blue blood, used to have Dodger blue blood running through their veins. Now they view the Dodgers as... <laughs> the ultimate enemy, mm-hmm. and have spent just incredible amounts of money through A.J. Preller's uh, free agent signings, uh, trades, acted much more like a large market team than, and I hate when you when you refer to a city like San Diego as a small market. It ain't no small market. It's a big city. It's just not Los Angeles. It's a one-team city, though. And they're in the shadow. It is a one-team city. There's a lot of people that live down there, and that's their team. Mm -hmm. The only reason the Chargers left is because San Diego wasn't going to build a stadium for them. That's the only reason. It's got plenty of people, and they have pride in their team. Uh, but they're not the Dodgers. You know, they don't, the Dodgers might have billions of dollars to spend, and the Padres have like a billion dollars to spend. <laughs> so they, I mean, they keep knocking at the door. They keep trying to, you know, poke the Dodgers around a little bit, and just can't get over the hump. And I don't know if they will. Like, does Juan Soto put them over the hump of a team in the mm-hmm. Dodgers that's much more of a complete club? You know, and already is twelve games ahead of them. And again, it isn't about winning the division. It's about getting into the tournament. If you're one of the seven teams, you can win it. You saw that with the Braves last year. and I mean, right now they're in it. I mean, they've they got the second wild card spot. But let, let's look at this long term, though, if you're Juan Soto. How big of an opportunity is long term? You know, getting that 10 to 15 year contract with the Padres looking right now. Because while the Padres, they've got names. They've shown that they're willing to spend money. And they're shown that they're willing to try their best to build a competitive ball club, it hasn't panned out yet. Is San Diego a spot, if you're a 23-year-old Juan Soto, that you want to be in for the next 10, 15 years when it comes to his free agency status here in not this offseason, but the next? Well, just look at some of the players I'd mentioned there that had chances to sign elsewhere, you know, like a Will Myers, mm-hmm. uh, who hasn't been any good since he's been down there. Uh, an Eric Hosmer, same thing, hasn't been any good since he's been there. Decided to sign in San Diego as a young guy, first free agent contract, and, you know, it hasn't worked out. Same with Manny Machado. They've got plenty of money, plenty of money. And it's almost like they're the Red Sox 
uh, of the of the National League uh, West. Uh, well, I mean, you, you know what I mean. It's like mm-hmm. in the shadow of the larger market teams. Yeah, obviously. Shadows in the, the Dodgers would be the, the Yankees. Shadows of the Yankees. The Yankees haven't won the World Series since 2009. All that kind of stuff. But they're still the Yankees, mm-hmm. and they're still spending money like like they like they print it. And it's like the Sox are just trying to keep up in some ways. The Padres I feel like they're doing the same thing. Cardinals trying to keep up with the Brewers, who bolstered their bullpen yesterday, uh, getting rid of Josh Hader, um, but also bringing in a couple of other pitchers, including Texas's Matt uh, uh, Matt Bush, who uh, I think will will help them out quite a bit. Anyway, but this is the last day you can get a trade, and it'll be five o'clock. So again, if any trades come through while we're on the air, we'll um, we'll pass them along to you. Also, uh, lots of football to talk about. Arkansas men's basketball. Nick Smith. Named the USA Today High School Men's Basketball Player of the Year. Uh, and we're going to have Nate Olson on hour number two. We had Nate on during the high school football season last year. Of course, he writes at scorebooklive.com. He put out an article yesterday about Kane Archer, the uh, ninth grade quarterback at Greenwood, who might be like the best ninth grade quarterback in the country and has offers coming from, I think it was eight schools, including Arkansas. It was a great piece that Nate wrote details the hard work that Kane and his father and his mother have put in to, and all the miles they've put in the money that they've spent on this. And it's going to pay off for Kane Archer, it appears. So we'll have Nate in hour number two and for her usual hit in hour number one, Alyssa Orange from Pig Trail Nation. 877-377-6963 if you want to get with us on halftime. Got a quick question for both of you guys in studio here because this morning I read a column by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar about mm-hmm. his friendship with Bill Russell, which goes all the way back to when Kareem's name was Lou Alcindor and he's a high school basketball player growing up in Manhattan. And in his gym, in his high school gym, this was, I think, 1961, and Russell Celtics had won the NBA title three years in a row. And the gym is just a few blocks from Madison Square Garden. Kareem already idolizes, and he's Lou Alcindor. I should call him Lou Alcindor. Uh, At this point. Alcindor idolizes Bill Russell. He's already two inches taller than him, believe that. At 14 <laughs> years old, Kareem was seven feet tall, already a little taller than Russell. And... That was the start of a friendship. They didn't see each other for like five or six years after that until the fav- the famous Cleveland Summit where uh, Russell and and uh, and and uh, num- Jim Brown and a mm-hmm. number of other African-American uh, uh, athletes uh, who were well-known at that time gathered together to try to figure out Muhammad Ali's thought process on why he was going to boycott joining the military mm-hmm. for pacifist reasons, for his religious beliefs. And, and that's where they really started to get the friendship going. But he never asked for an autograph from Bill Russell until 52 years after, 53 years, want to be accurate, 53 years after they met at a commercial shoot. I guess Russell was famous for not really liking mm-hmm. to sign autographs. Now, I can imagine for, for, for Kareem at that time, and they'd both been long retired, you know, they were they're legends at that point, people that you know by their... By, by their first name, honestly. And, and you can imagine, like, how nervous Kareem would have been even asking Bill Russell for his <laughs> autograph at that moment. I can't imagine that Kareem asked for very many autographs in his life. No, That would be the other did. way around, right? 
I hate asking for autographs. I feel so embarrassed, like asking for somebody else to scribble their name、mm-hmm. on a piece of paper. Oh, now it, it I mean, me, like, now that you're an adult, you do. I mean, but as a kid, though, it was plenty, something, everything but, you wanted. But you and I all know, we all know adults that, that, that have quite a collection of autographs. Quite a collection.、Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fine. I mean, if that's, if, if that's what you want to collect, that's great. I just, first of all, I'm going to lose these things.、Mm-hmm. I'm going to lose them. I don't, I don't have a place to put them. And I'm just, just embarrassed to ask about them. Like, the first time I ever walked, I walked behind Isaiah Thomas in 1987 at a performance of, believe it or not, it was、uh, Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. My parents took me and my sister. We sat in the row behind Isaiah Thomas, positioned myself to walk out of the theater right behind him. Did not ask for an autograph. This was like when Isaiah、mm. was the, the thing. <laughs> you couldn't even ask him for an autograph. The one autograph that I have that I will never let go of, and I guess I've got two of them now because we, Maddie and I got one at the Weird Al concert、um, a couple of months ago. So that'd be one of them. And the other is George Carlin, which you might be able to see right behind me if you're on our Skype or on our、uh, video stream.、Uh, I got that autograph when I was 12. What autograph? Because I think if you were to ask Kareem, What, his, his would be Bill Russell. One autograph means the most to you that you will、hmm. take with you absolutely everywhere that you've got on display, and you love to tell the story about that. So if you've got that story for us, 877 377 I'm going to let you guys think this one over and then get your answers once we come back. And lots of Arkansas basketball stuff to talk about as well on halftime, so stay with us. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Got B. He says he's got a Robert Ripley autograph. That must be, that's from、uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, huh? I don't believe you, B. <laughs> Mr. Pibb says he got an autograph from Mike Conley,、uh, senior, on a napkin. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, these are the things that you remember, moments you remember. You remember the nervousness when、mm-hmm. you asked for it, too. It's、sometimes、not as special some, if somebody else got the autograph for you. Sometimes it took your kid, like <laughs> your, one of your parents, to be like, like, don't be shy. Be brave. Go up and ask. It's okay. They'll smile at you. And I've seen a kid like, be told that and then be denied by,、mm. the, by the athlete. Like, I remember I got. Yeah, way to scar him. I got Brooks Robinson's、uh, autograph and I didn't know who the hell he was, but <laughs> apparently it was cool. I will guarantee you, Brooks Robinson never said no. Never said <laughs> no a, to an autograph. I don't know if I, have, I ever got Brooks Robinson's. Autograph, but I know he did like an autograph picture thing at Tim McCarver Stadium in Memphis before a Chicks game back in, gosh, this had to have been 97, 98, because I, ha- I still have the picture and I was like three or four sitting on Brooks Robinson's lap. I don't know if we ever got an actual autograph, but I, but I have that picture, which that's, is still, that's better than an which is still pretty special to me. But th- what Maddie just said, like, autographs don't mean that much. If other people got them for you, because like there's、I'm, no shared sitting, moment. Yeah, yeah, I'm sitting here and I'm writing out. I probably have like maybe 10 autographs from, you know, Oriole players or Tigers and, you know, Memphis people in general, but I've only ever asked for one of them. The only autograph that I know for a fact I have in my possession 
is an autograph from Rodney Carney, who is my favorite Memphis Tiger basketball player uh, growing up. Still would be, I'd still consider him my favorite uh, player of all time. Uh, this was when I was in college. They were doing an alumni game, and he didn't play in the game, but he showed up. Nobody knew he was coming, and he stood there and signed autographs for five minutes, and I was luckily, lucky enough to, to get one. That's the only one that I ever asked, and it wasn't even like a, I had to walk up to him. Like, uh, unfortunately, like, I've, with this job, I've gotten to meet a lot of my childhood heroes. But you can't ask for autographs. But you can't ask for autographs. And also it gets gets weird. Like, my favorite Tiger football player of all time. Like, I can't ask him for an autograph. I consider him a friend. Like, we've gone out and had beers together. Don't worry, I'll give you an autograph at some point. Like, it'd be weird. Like, the guy that, the guy that... Just bought me a beer. I'm going to say, hey, Joe, real quick, why you got a second? You want to jot down your, your John, old John Hancock? Like, yeah. it, it's weird. Like, like, I used to work with Matt Jones, and we went to a Smashing Pumpkins concert together. Yeah. I would never ask for his autograph. That would be weird. Yeah, it'd be that weird. Be yeah. weird. Yeah. 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 Be weird. friends now. Like, it, like I, I, I have, prob- I think I know I have Penny's autograph. I have Calipari's autograph. I have Josh Pastner's autograph. And that's that's my aunt. She loves to go to those autograph signings and she gets them to do like two or three and then gives me one and my brother one and holds on to to one herself. But as a member of the media, you can't ask for autographs. And the last time I was, I was really close. I mean, I was super close. This was after an AAF game where I was the, worked for the Memphis Express as the visiting team spotter. And Brian Billick, the former Ravens coach, Super Bowl champion, coach was calling the game I think for the NFL Network was doing the game at the time and it's me, him and like three other people get on the elevator from the top floor of the press box at the Liberty Bowl and this isn't a short elevator right, this, it, it probably takes about a minute, minute and a half to get down and I am inches to, to him and I'm just like alright, you at least gotta say something say hey Brian, big Ravens fan thanks, thanks for the Super Bowl like, I almost, like, I had my backpack on. I literally almost turned around and grabbed a pen out. And I was like, would you mind giving me an autograph? And I chickened out. I didn't say hi. I didn't ask for an autograph. Uh, I didn't do anything. But that was the last time, uh, even as a member of, the me- member of the media, that I was actually thought about doing it. Yeah, yeah. Missed opportunity. Yeah. M.A. says Dan Marino, John in Fayetteville. I <laughs> got the entire... Laker girl dance team uh, when the Lakers were supposed to nice. play at Altel Arena. Oh, it wasn't when Paul Abdul was... No, I think that was... Yeah, that would have been the late 80s. Yeah. I think this would have been the early 2000s. Uh, Chris and Van Buren uh, signed by the whole group gift. And I don't know exactly what he meant by that anyway. One time I went to Disney World and I got Mickey Mouse's autograph. I don't know how you signed what? those giant gloves. You got man. Mickey? The real guy. Those oh, giant those gloves. Man, I'm jealous. And then they have to look through their mouths so they can't even see what they're writing. <laughs> well, I wonder how many people be asking Nick Smith for his autograph at Arkansas basketball games. Oh, I'm sure a lot. Year. The high school player of the year, according to USA Today, the award came out uh, yesterday during the show. Uh, I couldn't find the winners of this award for the past two years. So I don't know if US. I assume USA Today gave these awards out, but... None of the sites I was able to find showed me the 2020 winner, the 2021 winner. But when you look at the rest of the list here, it's like it's like a guarantee that Nick Smith Jr. is going to be like a top 10 pick. 
this, in this next draft. You just assume mm-hmm. that. I think you already expected that when he shows up on campus and the things we're hearing about him and some of the stuff we've seen on practice videos and, and everything like that. But, like, Sharif Cooper was the last one I found, former Auburn guard, drafted in the second round. Like, being a second-round pick when you've been named the USA Today High School Men's Basketball Player of the Year is a huge failure. And Cooper's been waived by the Hawks recently, mm-hmm. so he's, he's, he hasn't panned out at all. Most of these picks have. I mean, top picks, the top overall pick has won this award a number of times, four of them in the last 17 years. LeBron, Greg Oden, Dwight Howard, Ben Simmons. Yeah, uh, Greg Oden really didn't pan out. Now, he's just great. he was great at Ohio State, but he, he couldn't stay healthy. He but just... he was still the first overall pick. Yeah, he that, was. That's what I mean there. You know, R.J. Barrett won in 2018. He's been pretty darn good with the Knicks. Pretty good. Michael Porter won in 2017. When he's healthy, he's good. Not healthy very often. Lonzo Ball won it in 2016. Second overall pick. He's been pretty good, though. He's been traded a couple of times. So there is a cachet that goes along with this award, and it goes with professional expectations. Big ones. Very big professional Mm -hmm. expectations. So get that autograph from Nick Smith as soon as you can. Because he's on campus for a year, and then you're going to have to travel to find that autograph somewhere else. Well, I have to, I'll have to, I guess, ask a stranger to ask Nick Smith for me. You yeah. know what autograph I'd like right now? What? Joe at Joe's Grilling Cantina. Because it's Taco Tuesday. It's you, Taco Tuesday. Can maybe like drizzle some sour cream oh, yeah. on it for for an autograph or something like that. Edible autographs. It's a whole new thing. Taco Tuesday all day long at Joe's Grilling Cantina in Fort Smith. Dollar tacos. Uh, the crispy tacos are $1. Pork carnita tacos, $2.95. Brisket or pork belly tacos, $3.95. And they've added the bean burrito for $2. Plus, you get a Bud Light draft for $2.25 all day long. Joe's Grilling Cantina in Fort Smith. JoeSportsSmith.com. You can order there. Download the waiter app that does the same. Or just visit them across from Harps in Fort Smith. <laughs> Alyssa Orange. From Pig Trail Nation, joining us next, it's halftime. Attention tequila lovers. Get by Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith and check out their full selection of Cava de Oro tequilas, including Blanco, Reposado, Añejo, Extra Añejo, Cristalino Añejo, Plata Tajona, and Extra Aged Añejo in the Black Bottle. Available at Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast. Back on halftime now, and we're joined by the one and only Alyssa Orange from Pig Trail Nation. We always appreciate her time. Alyssa, what's new? How are you today? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. I'm actually down uh, in Whitehall, spending some time down here, uh, and new head coach Ryan Mallett, so it's been fun. Whitehall, huh? That's cool. Head yeah. coach Ryan Mallett. That sounds, like, uh, that sounds like a juicy project there. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, yeah, first first time. Uh, head coach for Ryan Mallett coming over from Mountain Home and just thought it would be really cool to spend some time down here with them. We've been able to meet up with some of the community members too. We're going to go to cheerleading practice later today. You know, Jarius Wright is his wide receiver OC here too. So uh, Jarius, uh, of course, I know Ray's Rec fans know that name also. So it's been really cool to spend down here. We're, we're here for four days, got here Sunday night. We'll leave Thursday. Very good, very good. Hey, we've been asking a question of our listeners uh, what autograph do you have that you would say 
is, uh, is the most important to you. I was reading earlier this morning about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar asking Bill Russell for an autograph 53 years <laughs> after they first met, and I can only imagine mm-hmm. what that scene was like. We've all kind of gone through some of our autographs sure. that we won't give up and have on display. Which, which one you could point out to? Uh, well, uh, I think my signed Bobby Bowden football is probably the most meaningful to me um, because I was able to be at school and he was still coaching. I, I worked with him in the athletic department, and, and obviously I know what, what he means to college football and just the game of football in general and one of the nicest men I've ever met in my life. And so that's a, that's a big one for me. Um, you know, I never met Dan Marino. Wish I had that one because <laughs> that would be great. Um, but quite frankly, I don't have a whole lot of autographed stuff at the house, honestly. Um, so I, of, of my little bit that I do have, that might be it. I mean, I, I think because I've just worked in sports, you know, I'm not walking up to people asking for autographs. So, um, that, that, that would be it really for me. And I'm about the same with you. Uh, you can't ask for autographs from the people that you're covering, but other people can get them for you. Like Bubba gave me a bat. That had sure. autographs from all of the 2018 Razorback baseball sure. players. You know, that one is special See, to awesome. me. I couldn't have gone I up will, to them and be like, can I have your autograph, right. please, Heston? Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't work. I, w- I will say this. Um, same thing, Phil. You know, I can't go to Connor Nolan and ask for baseball, but I uh, know his grandmother and his mom well, and, and they were kind to have Connor get some guys from the baseball team this year in 2022 to sign for, for Finn. Mm-hmm. For assigned baseball for Finn. So that was really, really nice. And I bet Finn will, will really uh, treasure that when he's older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really about like a shared moment between two people and saying, can I have your autograph? And just getting that autograph isn't really much of a shared moment. You, you want to have yeah. like, like 60 seconds with somebody or two minutes with somebody to actually have like a little bit of a back and forth. That's something you can remember. Can't put it on a wall, mm-hmm. but it's definitely something right. you can remember. Right. I remember when I was at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago um, in Minneapolis, I ran into and actually got to meet Lindsay Zarniak, who I think is just one of the best in the business. And, and I love her and her style. And I, yeah, I didn't ask for an autograph, but I talked to her for like a good two minutes. And I just that conversation will always stick with me. Yeah. All right. Dodgers fan Juan Soto <laughs> to the Padres. Does that have you shaking in your boots? Are you kidding? They're 12 games back, Phil. <laughs> it's not about now. It's oh, not about now. Answer. No, Alyssa, it's it's not about now. It's not about August. Know, it's not about know, September. It's about and October. That, well, that's been my, I know. It was, that, that was my response today when, when Will was like, well, it's official because I've been kind of following it. And I was like, well, they're 12 games back, so who cares? Because that's my Dodger immediate response. Uh, but now you put him in a lineup with Manny Machado and Fernice, uh, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., and you're just like, okay, Dodgers, what's your move? Um and so, yeah, when you got to play that guy from here on out uh, in the in the division, it's scary. Obviously, if the Padres can make a run, make it to the playoffs, everyone knows it's all about how you're playing in October, as you mentioned. And Juan Soto was a part of that national team that went um, on a win streak and won the World Series a couple of years ago. He's talented. He's 23 years old. Um, is he worth the money? We're about to find out. Uh, but uh, good for the Padres because I feel like that name kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. I know that the Cardinals were kind of looking, um, you know, the Dodgers were moving stuff around. Quite quite frankly, I'm glad the Dodgers didn't. I don't know where you would put them right now, and I think they need to pay Trey Turner in the offseason. So uh, I know that uh, 
that uh, Andrew Freeman always got something up his sleeve over there at the head office with uh, the Dodgers. So, uh, but good for good for Juan Soto. Well, welcome to the West Coast, man. Alyssa, I love that little pat on the head answer there. They're just good for you guys. You guys just, are so cute. Good job, good little job, brother. You, you're, you're really trying. Good, good job. I love that. Uh, but <laughs> luckily, now Arkansas might have been used to be like that, but they've uh, Sam Pittman's done a great job turning this program around, and the season is yeah. about to get underway with spring practice. And uh, most of the offseason, it's all been about how do you replace the productivity, the yards, the statistics that you got from Traylon Burks. And I think most people yeah. will all agree that it's going to be done by committee. And one guy mm-hmm. that I'm super excited to see, because I got to see him play in high school last year, is Isaiah Centegna. How big of an impact mm-hmm. do you think he's going to have right away? Oh. Especially since this will be the first time anybody yeah. will get to see him in a Hogs uniform because he sure. wasn't there in the spring. Yeah, because he went and ran track because he's that fast, and yeah. track is really, really important to him. And if you know anything about him, his dad was an assistant for a while with, with the men's team, uh, track team, and Chris Bucknam. So, look, so um, fast kid. He's got the speed, and I think that's what jumps off the page at you. Um, you know, you, you remember Arkansas has had some wide receivers in the past that have had speed we just never really got to see it I mean I think one name that jumps out to me is like Dominique Reed he was just so fast but you never really got to see it and with KJ's arm strength we might be able to really see some of Isaiah's speed I know when you say um, wide receiver by committee that scares a lot of people because you want someone like a Traylon Burks who can do it all but you got to remember that not only do you have Isaiah Satinga, you've got Quincy McAdoo coming in. You have Jalen Hazelwood coming over from um, Oklahoma. Warren Thompson has another year with Kendall Bryles. Um, you have Keechon Jackson as well, a lot of those freshmen that were playing. So, like, there is so much talent with these ride receivers. It's really going to be about who do you play. And then you also have to take into consideration what Sam Pittman said at SEC Media Days. If Malik Hornsby does not beat out K.J. Jefferson in the fall, which I think we all know he's not going to, he's got to get on the field. He is too talented to not be on the field. And so then you have Malik Hornsby as well. And so I really honestly think that Arkansas's wide receiver group is in a better position right now than they were a year ago. Not because, to say anything about Traylon Burks or whatever, but there's so much more talent spread across the field that, you're going to have guys who are going to have multiple game ca- like multiple catches a game, and that's exactly what you want to see on the stat sheet. You don't want to see now it works because Burks is that talented, but Burks gets all these receptions, and those guys get like three or four. Mm-hmm. And, and sticking with the pass game, I mean, when you look at a dual threat guy like KJ Jefferson, and you kind of look uh, around college football, around the NFL, especially, I think is where you see this happen uh, a lot is when you have dual-threat guys, one of their biggest targets as far as, you know, receiving yards has been the tight end. I mean, look at Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mark Andrews has become a huge tight huge tight end, huge weapon for them because he, he's able to get open in that middle of the field and be able to roam. Do you think that's something yeah. that a guy like Trey Knox could, could be for the Razorbacks uh, a big-time tight end this year? <laughs> you know, I, I have a funny story for you. Uh, Drew, we were at Chris Stapleton on Friday last week, and uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to get some box seats through KNWA. Mm, nice. So we were there kind of close to the stage, and in the pit, 
was Trey Knox and some of his buddies. And one, he just stands out because he's just huge. Mm-hmm. But I told my husband, I said, I hope more than anyone else on this team that Trey Knox finds success this year. I want him to be successful so bad. It was almost kind of like how everyone felt with Connor Nolan. You want him to be successful so bad. I think Trey Knox has the uh, size now. He's always had the talent, and he's got another um, another year, really, under Dell Loggins, learning how to be a tight end, learning how to block. Um, I want him to be able to be successful because that's what Arkansas uh, lacked, really, when you have looked at the tight ends in the past. The past couple of years, there's been a little law at that position. And then, unfortunately, you see Dex Courtney with the announcement yesterday that he will have to medically redshirt and walk away from the game of football. I know he's someone that uh, DJ Williams here in Little Rock has, has poured time into with his position. Um, so, yeah, I think Trey Knox can be the guy. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to be rooting for Trey Knox to be the guy. I want him to find success selflessness is one reason why. And I think even before the position switch, he just he seemed so likable and, and liked mm-hmm. his answers and media sessions. And there just seemed a lot to like about Trey Knox. Now, you know, the, you know, moving Malik to wide receiver at times, I think is more about, look, you've got a certain set of talents. We need to get those talents, yeah. the football. That's not a matter of selflessness. I think Malik still wants to play quarterback. I think Trey Knox moving to tight end yeah. last year, when his body mm-hmm. wasn't built for tight end yet, he didn't know the position. I mean, think about this. You do not make position switches in football in the middle of no. seasons very often. That makes him incredibly easy to root for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he is the one that came to Sam Pittman and said, I want to move to the tight end room. I want to be where I'm needed. Um, and I think that just speaks volumes right there exactly to what you're saying, Phil. Yeah, I'll be pulling for him huge. Uh, Nick Smith, USA Today High School Men's Basketball Player of the Year. Uh, he already had plenty of targets on him because, you know, it's the number one recruiting class in the nation. Um, sure. You know, this is only good things uh, for Nick Smith. It's only yeah. good things for Arkansas to have their first ever mm-hmm. USA Today High School uh, Player of the Year mm-hmm. on campus here. And it almost like guarantees, I mean, we haven't seen him play it for Arkansas, but we will in like a week or so, like, He's yeah. going to be a top 10 pick. He might be the top oh, yeah. overall pick. There's no doubt about this. Yeah, ab- absolutely, man. It's, it's exciting. And I'm going to tell you what, you know, like, it's just really cool. It's got to be cool for a guy like Nick Smith Jr. who's put in the work, who works hard, who's talented, um, to get these accolades. I mean, he deserves it. He is one of the top, if not the top basketball player um, coming out of high school in the country. And uh, so it's really cool to kind of see him, but also wasn't able to go to the press conference and to the practice last week, but was able to watch some of that press conference that he was in. Um, And he just seems like a really good kid. And every time I've watched an interview with him and we're able to talk to him, it seems like he's got a level head on his shoulders. He just works hard. He's put in the work. He's seeing uh, that the. He's, you know, being rewarded for the hard work that he's been put in. Um, But he's someone that you're like, okay, I can root for this guy. Uh, and I know that sometimes, especially in basketball, there's not always those people that are like, oh, you're talented, but oh, golly, man, if you were just a little more humble. I just really think that Nick Smith Jr. has got a good head on his shoulders, uh, and, and it's really cool to see him continue to get some national spotlight, which an Arkansas player hasn't had in a really long time, maybe if not ever, that Nick Smith is getting. And, uh, and so it's going to be cool to watch him wear a Razorback uniform. Hey, before we let you go, when do you uh, when do you plan on having your Ryan Mallet and Whitehall piece ready to go for Pig Trail Nation? August twenty first. 
So um, we're going to run it on August 21st uh, in lieu of our pig trail show. It's going to take up the whole entire show, so we're really excited about that. And uh, so tune in. It'll also be on the web. It's also my birthday. So it's like my oh. birthday present to myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's just all sorts of reasons to celebrate that day now. Alyssa, yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And, you know, keep being very sweet and kind to those little San Diego Padres. <laughs> oh, well, I'll try. You will. I know you will. Appreciate it, Alyssa. <laughs> Dodgers Thanks, fans guys. so magnanimous sometimes. 877-377-6963. If you want to get on halftime with us, we'll wrap the first hour up in just a moment. Brought to you by Norris Material and Supply Flooring Center. They were formerly Fort Smith Flooring. And they've got... Vinyl plank flooring at 89 cents per square foot in stock now. So you can take it home today along with natural stone, metal tile, glass tile, ceramic, waterproof flooring. You name it, they've got it. And the supplies to do it yourself or get professional installation. That's Norris Material and Supply Flooring Center. You can visit them at the corner of Wheeler and Y. 479-289-7111 or flooring.norrismscom First hour of halftime wraps up right after this. This is for the men who never settle, the ones who miss the fairway all day and still pull out the big stick, the type of guys who will always prefer to be behind the grill than in front of the camera, and the men who never let their friends forget about a high school nickname. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Who wants to settle for a single TV? With more TVs, bigger screens, plus our fabulous scenic views, there's more to watch at Twin Peaks. Here's an instance of a meeting with an athlete that I would have loved to ask for an autograph, but it wasn't the right situation. Doing a Razorback baseball series in San Diego, filling in for Chuck when he was still voice mm-hmm. of the baseball team. Tony Gwynn was the head coach oh. of the San Diego State Aztecs. I went down into the visiting into the home dugout because it was Tony Gwynn Field. And just like I had to tell myself, be brave. I know he's supposed to be a really nice guy. <laughs> Go ask for an interview. I'd rather have an interview than an autograph. And I got the interview. I still have the interview. Maybe we can play it sometime. And That'd be uh, cool. I'd actually want to hear that. That was a lot of fun, talking hitting with Tony Gwynn and his remembrances of uh, coming into Arkansas with the Amarillo Gold Sox back in like 1982, I think it was. That was a lot of fun. Better than an autograph. Fry the computer guy is giving us a call, talking autographs here. Hey, Fry, what's up? Yeah, who's, hey, uh, who's, your, uh, who's your guy? Uh, well, I have two of them. Actually, Kurt Gibson signed an autograph for my son, which was really kind of a neat one. But uh, kind of a funny story, I was at an Angels ball game when they played uh, the Texas Rangers uh, back in high school. We took our high school senior trip, and uh, they had this catcher named Stan Clyburn. I don't even know if he's still playing, but uh, I wanted his autograph. My girlfriend was with me. You know, we had all the kids in our senior class there. And uh, he came over and he signed the autograph. And I said, hey, my girlfriend has a crush on you. Can you give her a peck on the cheek? <laughs> and the guy goes, on the cheek? And he laid a kiss on my girlfriend <laughs> right in front of me, right on the lips. And let me tell you, you know, I'm an 18-year-old pimply-faced Kid, you know, sitting there watching a grown man kiss my girlfriend. Well, you can imagine how the trip went the rest of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got two thoughts on this. One, that's something else for a guy who hit maybe the most famous walk-off homer in the history of the game to do a walk-off kiss like this. Two, that's gross. That's gross. <laughs> a grown man kissing a teenage girl at that age. My gosh, that's disgusting. <laughs> well, you know, she had a crush on him, you know, and uh, he just I sat on the cheek, you know, and, man, he didn't hesitate. He went over there and laid one right on her. 
And uh, let me tell you, you know, it was it was kind of tense the rest of that ball game. You know? oh, I'm sure it was. You know the you know you don't understand when I'm going to say this. Then I love ball players, but ball players are just going to ball player sometimes. Yeah, I they think are. That's what that is. I think that's what that is. Don't go around kissing teenage girls, even if you're a well-known ball player. I don't think you can get away with that now, and you no? probably shouldn't either. Okay, into the second hour after the break. Eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three on halftime. Taking your favorite autograph moments and. I guess some of the other things that go along with them every once in a while. Yuck! I'm going to go brush my teeth. Eastside Liquor has more than just liquor. They also have wellness products and now carry Marley CBD gummies. They come in amazing flavors like Island Punch and Coconut Vanilla. They come in 200 milligram tin packs, so stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue and pick some up today. Now, back to the podcast. Into the second hour of halftime on a glorious Tuesday. Heat advisories out, so be careful out there. Phil Elson, Maddie T, Drew Barrett, 877-377-6963. A reminder, we're moving to three hours on Monday next week. 11 to 2 will be your new appointment time to make sure you don't miss a single word that we say. And that is exciting. Uh, any other trades coming down the line here so far? The Twins acquired, hey, they acquired another Oriole, mm-hmm. Jorge Lopez, for four Hasn't been prospects. a good day for me. Well, you're getting four prospects. You lost Ooh, one of your favorite players in Trey Mancini. I thought, I thought that uh, the Orioles were going to uh, contend a little bit there. They are a little bit over 500. They're only two and a half games out of the wild card, but yet they're, they're a seller right now. You're selling they're, them off? They're in contention to get into the tournament, Drew. What's going on here? Well, I see both sides of this argument and both sides of the conversation here. I've been on Orioles Twitter all day, kind of following it along since the Trey Mancini news broke yesterday. And it's tough to watch a guy like Trey Mancini leave. A guy who has been a a bright light in such dark time of his five, six years in Baltimore. Haven't had a winning season. They're finally over 500 for one of the first times, or for the first time this late in the season in his career. So it has a lot of Nick Markakis vibes to it, where Nick was an outstanding player on a lot of bad Orioles teams. And never really got to be around for the heyday of those those six seven years, uh, you know, about a decade ago when the Orioles really got hot. You know, made made it all the way to the ALCS in 2014. It it just sucks because he is just that fan favorite. You know, the story around him and uh, his battle with cancer a few years ago, with his special connection to uh, super fan Mo, um, which. I'm not going to go into detail, but if you're a Baltimore fan or if I followed the Orioles or Ravens last couple of years, you know who Mo is. Um, it, it's just, he's just been somebody that has truly embodied, you know, the Baltimore community and the Orioles and to not, and to see where this team is headed and to know that he won't be a part of it just really does bring back some old memories of probably one of my favorite Oriole players, uh, Nick Markakis. So I, I get it that, you don't want to divert from the plan. While the Orioles are a little early, you know, Mike Ellis has done this before. He built a really good, he helped build a really, really good team in Houston. You believe that he's trying to use the same blueprints and 
Same things that they did with the Astros to build what became a World Series championship team in Baltimore. I, I believe that's the plan. I, I, that's the only thing that's keeping me hope. But, but as a lifelong Orioles fan, I have watched year and year and year out of every time a player begins to develop, every time a player becomes a fan favorite, every time a player is a potential all-star to trade him away for prospects. You, 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 at some point, you're going to have too many prospects. I mean, that, that's been the joke around the Orioles is that, well, you keep trading for these prospects, and as soon as one pans out, you trade them for four more prospects. And then one of those pans out, you trade them again. Like, you got to eventually let somebody stay. It's a and, vicious cycle. You know, I mean, a team that, that sees, they sign, you'll, you end up with a player at the beginning of the season that you figure, you know what, if we're not contending, by the time the deadline comes around, we're going to deal. But they're in contention. They're in contention to get into the tournament. So that's why I just, I understand, like, trying to bolster your team in some ways, but getting prospects for one of your top mm-hmm. hitters in a moment where you're two games out of the last wild card spot is a little bit mind-blowing. Now, I think a lot of people saw this coming. I mean, this was, has been on the the rumor mill for a while now. I mean, you go back to uh, last week when um, – he hit the inside the park home run. Like, that was the biggest thing was, oh, this is a phenomenal story. He started his Orioles career with a home run in, I want to say it was 2016. He played five games uh, for the O's at the end of uh, end of the season. First major league hit was a home run at, Oriole, at, at Camden Yards. His last at-bat at Camden Yards was a home run. So it's like, it, it had a great moment and a great story. So you saw it coming, but it still it still hurts just to, to watch one of your fan favorites go. Now, I would have been really upset if they would have traded, you know, some of the what you believe are going to be true centerpieces of this team. Thinking about Cedric Mullins, thinking about uh, Austin Hayes, thinking about yeah, but they're bad, thinking about Adley. They're not paying them anything right no, now. No, no, they're, they're not. Those are all trade. young guys. I mean, they're all making less than two million a year right now. So like. It would have been really upset, especially the way that Adley's really come on this season uh, behind the plate and in the batter's box since he got called up about a month and a half ago. Like, if he would have been on the trade block, oh, we would have had some real, real problems because that is a prospect. That's a guy you drafted at number one not too long ago. So it's just it's just another day in the life of an Orioles fan. And that's all day. that's all I've ever known my entire it's another life. Another day in the life of small market teams yeah. that are not known as the Rays. You know, the Rays are the ones that are that are bringing players on. Think about like a Frankie Montas and uh, who's the Oakland closer that just got traded, Lou Trevino, going from playing in front of maybe 2500, 3000 people in Oakland mm-hmm. to the Yankees, where it's a religion and you're expected to win the World Series or it was a total abject failure of a season. Should be a very interesting next uh, few hours. Again, the deadline is in a little less than five hours. 877-377-6963. Mr. Pibb says he thought that after uh, Showalter left, the Orioles were bound for the World Series. And the Yankees, the D-backs, <laughs> and the Rangers are examples. And it just hasn't happened yet. That is true. I mean, he does kind of have a, uh, a history of as soon as he leaves, the team ends up... Uh, making it to the World Series. Now, I hope I hope Buck eventually does get his. You know, I love Buck Showalter as the Orioles manager. Um, honestly, 
wouldn't have had the great seasons and the great mem- the few great memories as an Orioles fan that I that I had in 2012, 2014, and then in 2016 uh, without him. So I appreciate the three, at least the three really good years. Taking your favorite autographs that you have, even if it's if you had to wait in line and you had five seconds with the person and and you might have said hi, handed them a piece of paper and they signed. That's fine. Uh, Alan and Alma says. Uh, and Alma says, Hank Aaron and Mickey Mantle. A lot of autographs of both of those guys out there. A lot of them from autograph shows. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you got that from an autograph show. How much do you pay for those autographs, too? And I'm not asking, you know, in any, with any nasty connotation to it. I'm interested in actually finding out how, how much you pay for that. I wouldn't pay for an autograph. It's just something I wouldn't that- either. I don't... Wouldn't no. Don't stalk the person though. Don't like stalk them from their hotel mm-hmm. or their home and just go up and say, "Hey, I just wanted to talk to you for ten minutes." Instead of ask for an autograph. And I'm not saying that people that do pay for autographs or good autograph signings are weirdos or that they pay the five bucks to to get the picture taken. Heck, I just talked about uh, in hour number one how one of the coolest pictures I have is me as like a three four year old sitting on Brooks Robinson's lap at at a picture autograph signing in front of Tim McCarver Stadium. Hey. In the late '90s, so like I'm, I'm not judging anybody, but I just, I guess whatever, I'm just not that big of an autograph guy. Look, I mean, whatever you want to spend your money on, I, I no. spent money on on Weird Al Yankovic concerts, so you can think what you want to think about that. Not Heck, everybody's going to do it. I spent like forty five, fifty bucks on different pins in Atlanta for my pin collection. Right, he's got a pin collection. I mean, so. it's dumb. It's dumb that I wasted fifty bucks on like three pins, but. It's my collection. It's what I like. So Reagan, I'm. Reagan Ford own. Smith paid ten dollars for a Tanya Harding autograph several nice. years ago. She was in Fort Smith, and he still has the picture. Did, did I mean Greg? Did you say anything about the <laughs> about the about the? the did you bring game? your own tire iron? Did, did you bring the? Did you bring that thing up with her? Can you do something like that? It's like going. It's like asking Bill Buckner for an autograph and reminding him about the ground ball <laughs> through the legs. I mean, do you do these things? You got to have a sense of humor about some of that stuff. You know yeah, what I mean. It, if the best thing, I just to kind of go off of this Bill Buckner, just saying, hand on the piece of paper, can you sign and just go, whoa, 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 you mind putting your hand down a few more inches? It's like, it's like, just um, sign a few more inches down the page. It's like going to Jimmy Carter, you know, and, and asking for an autograph from Jimmy Carter and then reminding him about how he was stomped in the 1980 election. It would not be <laughs> a lot of fun to talk to him about that. We got Charlie on hold. I'm sure Charlie's been signing tons of autographs since he started calling halftime, but. In radio, they don't always know what you look like, Charlie. So you just got to kind of walk around Camden saying, I'm Charlie, I'm Charlie. And then the autograph hounds start coming for you. What's going on, Charlie? What's your favorite autograph? Uh, if I had to, get, you know, one of my better autographs, and, you know, Drew's going to know this name. Uh, I went to a basketball camp when I was 13 years old. So, Drew, you would have been probably a year or two younger than me. But uh, Shane Battier's, I think, wow, last year yeah. there in Memphis. And uh, so, anyway, I was at that camp. Uh, Drew, by, by any chance, were you at that camp? No, no, <laughs> I no, remember. no. I, I was not. Charlie, I played basketball for, uh, I know. in the National League when I was six, and then I was 18. And the reason that there's such a big gap is because I am absolutely terrible at basketball. At the right the well, old age of six me. years old, I, I at least knew, yeah, this isn't something I need to waste my time on. Well, one of my favorite autographs, I will say, and I'm not a huge like Shane Battier fan, but I'm a fan of his. Uh, is is an autograph from him and that camp? Uh, I don't have, you know, my favorite player in the NBA is LeBron, and you know, I've always been a Cowboys fan. You know, I do want to touch on some of the things you guys are talking about, kind of the business moves of the league and just any sport, any major sport in general. 
I, I want to talk about this whole thing that fans get caught up in that I think is honestly stupid at this point. And I think we're all smart enough to know there's no such thing as loyalty in professional sports anymore. And what I, what I love about it is, you know, I love fans that try to get on players for leaving certain teams and going to try to better their career. And then when they get traded, it's like, oh, it's all, you know what I mean? And I, it's always interesting to me. Uh, you see it in the NBA. You see it in the baseball. You see it in the NFL. Like, you know, when DeMarcus Ware left the Cowboys, I was happy for him. You know, and I, and I was a Cowboys fan. You know, Ware had been, at, uh, you know, battling some injuries, and he decided to, uh, you know, make a move over there to Denver, and it, and it worked out for him. He won a Super Bowl. So my thing is, like, and I'm always going to be a DeMarcus Ware fan. That doesn't change anything. And I, and I don't understand fans that, like, they stop liking certain players because they make certain moves in their career to try to better it. This whole loyalty thing, and you can get traded in a heartbeat. So, you know, I, I just don't, you know, that, that frustrates me as a fan. Phil, uh, did Pittsburgh make any moves during the trade deadline? or what, what yeah, deadline? they tried. Right. Hey, they, they're, go- they're always going to sell. Uh, they say uh, sold Jose Quintana and Chris Stratton to the Cardinals, and I know they got a couple of other guys they're thinking about. Apparently Brian Reynolds is not going to uh, get traded. So. Yeah. Who, well, hip hop I saw where Andrew got, Ben Tenney got traded, and then obviously Mancini. I hate that for you, Drew, but, you know, Baltimore's got a long term plan there. You know, maybe they don't That's think they're necessarily. Charlie, the last time the Pirates traded from what they thought was a position of contention, they traded three players that turned into all stars to the Rays. Uh, for a pitcher, Chris Archer, <laughs> that was broken down when they got him, and now he's pitching for another team, and he's actually good again. So it's just a curse. It's a curse with that. It's a curse. The loyalty it's thing. It's a bit- Sam Pittman talks a lot about how loyalty is something that he feels is very important. I appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good one. It's good to hear from you, Charlie. It's not, it is an important thing, but there are business aspects that go along with professional sports and now college sports that loyalty has nothing to do with. It's Absolutely a business. Nothing Reminds to do us with. Every, every most, time something happens, who, it is technically it is a business. Who do you? Who are you most loyal to? Yourself, and I don't mean that in a selfish way. Maximizing your ability to make as much money as possible. And anybody that does that, that's called American capitalism, <laughs> right there. And look, the hometown discount thing—that's what the front offices use when they're trying to get a great player on discount Mm -hmm. that they brought up, that they drafted. Look, we gave you this chance. You deserve a hometown discount. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Pay me what I'm worth because someone over there is about to pay me what I'm worth. That's the system that we all operate under. Exactly. I mean, everybody's out to – we're all out to – to make as much money as we possibly can. I mean, that's what this capitalist economy is all about. It's what the American dream is about. It's about going out there and using your talents to – make as much financial gain as you possibly can. Now, whether that's, for me, maybe a few extra thousand somewhere, or if for a professional athlete, a few extra million, you'd be dumb to turn it down. I mean, you pay, you're worth what somebody's willing to pay you. And if somebody's willing to pay you 15 and somebody else is worth the only worth to pay you 13, well, guess what? You're now worth 15. Yeah, now that's not a, that's not supposed to be a part of the college thing, you know. Well, I'm going to go, yeah. uh, I'm going to, you know, like a Jordan Addison. I'm going to go to USC because I think I'm going to get paid more there. They are just going to pay me more. It's not supposed to be part of that, but it kind of is right now. It kind of is, and 
I think I think loyalty is something that fans show towards teams. You expect to get that same loyalty back, and all they do is raise the prices. 877-377-6963 to get with us on halftime and back in just a moment. We are brought to you by Cheap Sleep Furniture. If you've got one of those nasty, lumpy, caved-in old mattresses, Cheap Sleep is your number one stop for name-brand mattresses, and you can get 75% off retail. They've got Pillow Top, Hybrid, Firm, Medium, Plush, Bed in a Box. They've got it right now in stock. Plus, living room sets. You can take home a new sofa or sectional for only $8.99 today. You'll find something you love at Cheap Sleep Furniture. Seven days a week, they're open, so stop in anytime. They're located in Bentonville, Springdale, and Fort Smith. Cheap Sleep Furniture. Halftime again is 877-377-6963. We got the autograph stories rolling in on the text line. We'll get to that after this. Guys, it's all about confidence when it's time for sex. Am I right? Sometimes stress, anxiety, or just a bad day can affect your performance and ruin the fun and passion for both of you. But don't worry. BlueChew.com is here to save the day. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Because BlueChew is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. BlueChew tablets are made right here in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code believe at checkout just pay five dollars shipping that's bluechew.com promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your first month free bob gibson signed a ball for jason in frankfurt in indiana in 2000 store just opened no money exchanged you didn't even know why he was there <laughs> just bumped into him that would be a guy that might be a little intimidating to ask because oh, bob yeah. gibson was known as being an incredibly intimidating person who even uh, knocked a guy out at a gas station because he was rude. I, mean, I don't know if you know about that story. I, think I did was, not know about that yeah. story, but I do know how intense Bob Gibson was. Incredibly intense. Sir, can I have, can I, can I pretty please? No, I don't think I need to ask you for that autograph <laughs> the way you're looking at me. Bobby and Mount Home got uh, Michael Irvin and Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart, who we had nice. on halftime. Uh, I don't remember how long ago that was. You were still on, you were on the show. I was right. on the show. I was not on that show. It was one of the three shows to, up to this point that I've missed. I believe, what was I doing? I can't even remember what I was doing. I, I don't think it was when I went to Nashville. I don't remember either. I don't but even I remember. remember getting, but I, remember, I, remember I wasn't on the show. I wasn't and on he the was, show. he was so much fun. Bob, Bobby, oh, did you hear that? Guy. Did you hear that, that interview that we had with Jimmy Hart? Cause he was, he was, uh, he was taking part in a wrestling event in Harrison. And he even invited me, remember, he invited me to be the guest referee, which wow. I would have done, man. I think we had a football game or, a, you know, I had to be, a, be somewhere for one of the Razorback football games the next day on a Friday. I'm like, I think I'd rather, I think I'd rather be the, 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 the guest official. And that, I hopefully I would learn some wrestling moves. 
Uh, yeah, these are these are all all really really great stories. So they were taking your great uh, your great autograph stories at eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three. Also, want to remind you that on Friday, uh, Drew and I are going to be at the Hardy's location on Phoenix Avenue in Fort Smith for another round of qualifying for the football trip of a lifetime contest brought to you by Hardee's, ESPN Arkansas, and hitthatline.com. Uh, that is August 20th, the finals. You got to finish your Hardee's thick burger. It's a third pound thick burger. All the fixins. Drew's not even allowed to take off the tomatoes or the mayo. But I'm uh, allowed to add mustard. You can add mustard. You can add, add more, whatever you I want. I'll add it. more mustard to the. Heck, to you, dilute the mayonnaise taste. If you wanted to add another third pound burger patty onto it, just to mask the, the flavor of the mayonnaise, you could do that too. I doubt you could finish that no, thing I can't in 90 do that seconds one in 90. or less. So but I'm going gonna, gonna to do it this year. I'm going to do it. I can't wait for Friday. We're going to be at the Phoenix lo- Phoenix Avenue location uh, live for a uh, live edition of Halftime on Friday from 11 until 1. That'll be our last two-hour show. And if you finish that thick burger in 90 seconds or less, not 90.1 seconds or anything higher than that, 90 seconds or less, you're entered uh, into the August 20th finals. And the winner on the finals gets tickets to see the Chiefs and the Titans November 6th in, uh, in Kansas City at Arrowhead. So looking forward to seeing you there. And uh, yeah, if, you, if you ask for an autograph, we'll look at you cross-eyed and say, why do you want one from us? I'll and sign it. I'll we'll be nice. I have the worst I'll be autograph. Honored. I have the worst autograph. And, I mean, look, we have all practiced mm-hmm. autographs. Every last one of us. If you're listening to a sports radio show, chances are you sat in one of your classes in grade school or high school, or maybe you did it earlier today, and practiced your autograph. Even put your number. Mm-hmm. Remember that number that oh, you yeah, had you on gotta, the back of your high gotta, school gotta jersey? You got to throw in the number. Number you 12 right need there. to make sure that thing is there. I have handwriting that always looks like I'm left-handed. Always. And I'm totally right-handed. Well, I, I am left-handed, so I'm already screwed. I can't even pick my nose left-handed properly. So I, this left-handed autograph thing, just, I can't do it. Well, see, the I, thing is, like, as an adult, I don't even get to, like, actually use what my practice autograph is. Because I can't sign things. I can't legally sign things Drew Barrett. Like, that's not how my name works. That's not your name. That's I have right. to sign things Paul Barrett. So, like, I, so like if, if you were to ask me my autograph, I would have to, you know, try uh, do some test runs on my notebook, and then I'll, then I'll do it because I gotta you know I gotta get the D down. I do whenever I sign an autograph, it's Phil. If Just I Phil. Have to, if I have to sign a check <laughs> or a moving violation or something like that, mm-hmm. it will be with the IP and then the H in the middle, mm-hmm. Philip H. Elson. That's the more uh, mm-hmm. official autograph. Like if, like if they ever do have to check my uh, my my signature. For the voting rolls, mm-hmm. it'll be Philip H. Elson. If they, if you're asking for an autograph, you're not going to get the I, extra IP or the H unless you pay extra for it. <laughs> a few times uh, when I'm at restaurants and stuff, I will sign Reverend Paul Barrett, and <laughs> I all I I almost did it. I got I got pulled over not too long ago, and I got it taken. The cop was really nice. He actually gave me a little bit of a break, but he still I, I deserved it. I I deserved to take it. He was actually gave had some lenience on me, and. I had the pen in my hand, and I about started the R and then just made it a P. I almost, because uh, I didn't want him to think that I was being a smart a, a smart Alec after he had been so nice to me. Because he doesn't know that, one, I'm kind of a reverend, and two, that it's a thing. It is a thing. We'll maybe maybe I should have played it. Maybe I should have pulled out my reverend card before, and maybe I would have avoided the ticket um, altogether. 
Chris is on hold. Let's get uh, let's get Chris's best autograph story. Chris, what you got? Thanks for the call. So um, here's my autograph story, and it's it's probably the most amazing baseball autograph that I've ever heard of. Wow, this is quite the uh, same. Like you better deliver, okay, you ready, Chris? You better okay, deliver. So I have a cousin, distant cousin. I've never met him, and I can't verify this. But this cousin, uh, his grandfather was Rogers Hornsby. Well, all right. Okay. Okay. And so he has a ball that supposedly uh, that is signed by Rogers Hornsby, Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, and Hank Aaron. That's a good ball there. That's, that's a pretty big ball. So I can't verify it, but it, that would be amazing to have. I like that ball. I've got a ball that's sort of like it because I did ask for autographs in one moment in 1997. I was working for a double-A baseball team in Akron, Ohio. The Major League All-Star game was in Cleveland that year. So Akron's 30 miles south, Mm. and there was some sort of like a fantasy camp uh, that they held at the double-A park. The Akron Arrows were, they're the rubber ducks now, the Arrows, A-E-R-O-S, were off because of the All-Star game. So, and I don't remember all the players there, and my, I think the ball might be across the room, and I'm not moving so well, so I'm not going to go get that <laughs> thing. But I do know on that ball are uh, Boog Powell, nice Goose Gossage, and there's a few other really well-known ball players. Uh, and that job really stunk. That was the best aspect of the entire summer was mm-hmm. that day. I left early that day because the internship was useless, and I left early the next day because the internship was useless <laughs> and we weren't home, and then they fired me the very next day after that, and that's the only time I've ever been fired. Well, when you treat a job like it's useless, you know, they, they make it useless for you because it's it, no longer for you. It, it was. Back in, uh, back, back in 2015, my dad and I went to Cardinal Legend fantasy camp in jupiter and got a lot you know you got to know those guys really well got a lot of good autographs there too i'll bet you did and those come with the uh with the admission to the fantasy camp too i would hope you're not paying extra (laughs) yeah right yeah hey thanks for the phone call appreciate that story thank you so much I do actually have a Boog Powell autograph now that I think about it that I got at Boog's Barbecue. Yeah, he'll think be of how there. many he signed past oh. right field of that barbecue at Camden Yards. Oh, he does it all day. When That's why he's not at every game. But when he is there, he's literally, you, you pay for the food, then he just, like, is on a napkin and stuff. But it's great. He's a nice dude. I got to go and find that ball over here. I mean, that ball was signed in 97. And some of these some of these autographs fade if you don't really oh, yeah. take care of these baseballs. These autographs can fade a little bit. B.E. apparently got one from Burt Reynolds. Nice. That is a cool one. I love it. Uh, all right, we're going into a totally different conversation. I wonder if Kane Archer has signed some autographs. Oh, Maybe I'm the sure best he has. ninth grade quarterback in the entire country. And Scorebook Live's Nate Olson wrote about him, and he joins us next. Why do people do business with First Western? Because First Western builds relationships with all of their customers. They partner for the long haul to help you with your financial goals over all seasons of life. First Western is prompt, responsive, and they deliver with quick answers and on-time loan closings. When is the last time your banker called you? You are looking for a high level of service and a financial partner who will listen and respond. Try First Western. For more information, visit them online at firstwestern.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Nate Olson back on a halftime with us. It has been since the end of high school football season since we had our friend from Scorebook Live 
Join us on halftime. We're going to get back into it because it is August, and that means the teams are practicing. And we got Nate with us right now. Hey, Nate, happy August. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. It's good to hear your voice. Uh, love listening to you doing baseball, and I commented a lot on that throughout the year. And even wrote a column about one of the anecdotes you provided. But uh, it's good to talk with you on air, too, and talk high school football. I'm ready to do that. Again, well, this year, it's always one of the highlights of my week. You're the one with the anecdotes now. Like a 5,000 word. Anecdotes are a little shorter than 5,000 words, I guess. <laughs> but that's what you wrote on Kane Archer. Uh, not a lot of uh, 14-year-olds have 5,000 words dedicated to them. But this is, uh, this is not your average 14-year-old. Uh, is it- No, he really isn't. And, and I, when I left him on that day in June, uh, you know, I, I joked with him. And I said, uh, for me to come two and a half hours, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years, and that, I hate to admit I've been doing it that long. It dates me, but I said for me to drive two and a half hours to do a story on a 14 year old, you're special. You know, and was joking with him, but it, it's it's really true. I mean, but watching this kind of from afar unfold last year, the scholarship offers, and read a few things about him, and I feel like he was he was worthy of this because of of the trajectory that he is on. And, you know, we, we don't know how this is going to go the next five years, but certainly he's put himself in a position to be one of the, the best players to come out of Arkansas and the best quarterbacks. Uh, he's on that trajectory. That's, that's what the other people are saying. That's what his trainers are saying. And, you know, coach Chris Young at Greenwood says the next three years, you know, don't know what, what's going to happen this year as far as playing time, but next year you've got three straight years to start on the varsity uh, you, that's your job, and you've got special kids around you. So uh, he he really could have a huge impact uh, over the next couple of years. And we you know, we wanted to get on that now and and, and tell that story because it is uh, there's a lot of layers to it. And I, I, they did a great job of kind of letting me inside of the process. And it's a process that a lot of parents I think look at closely. And in our society today, with youth sports. A lot of people are not afraid to spend some money to help their kids. And so I think some people are looking at us as parents saying, wow, maybe this is what we need to do. So I think it was, it was an interesting to me and the fact that, you know, he's in Arkansas and I think this is a national story. So that that's why I devoted so much time to this. But I, I, I think he definitely has proven to be worthy over it over the last couple of years and what he's done and, and what he potentially could do. So, Nate, I mean, you point out you drive two and a half hours there and back to write about him and meet with him. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm reading your piece and, and, his, and Kane's uh, mother, Deborah, and his father, Adam, putting in, like, over $100,000 and just countless miles uh, to, to put him in the – to help him be in the position that he's in. Yeah, you know, it takes a certain amount of talent, one, but you also have to have the right kind of instruction and have the right kind of exposure. And driving four hours to Kansas City to play for this this uh, really good youth football team that played a national schedule and then driving four hours back just for practices on a daily basis and then yeah. going out to California to be a part of Tom House's organization, like, it's there's a certain amount of dedication they have to put into play in that position or even a sport when you never even have to leave your, your hometown, but they're not just leaving their hometown. They're putting in just thousands of miles to get him this exposure. Yeah. And it looks like it's paying off. Yeah, it is. And I, I mean, 
you know, like like Adam Archer said in the story, when he was 11, you know, it wasn't the physical prowess that he saw. It was the football IQ, the ability to read defenses, to run a run an offense, to do those things, and it stood out to him. And, you know, they had a – I mentioned it in the, in the article. It's a key part of the article, the path that they have. You know, when he was 11, what do you want to do in your life? I want to play football. I want to play college, and I want to play in the NFL. Okay, we can help you do that, but it's a two-way street. We're going to do everything we can to help you, but you're going to need to get up sometimes at 6 o'clock in the morning and go out and throw the football or run sprints or lift weights when you don't want to. But I'm going to, I'm going to prescribe this program that I have read about then later you go to the, the different experts, trainers, and gurus. But it started off like that in the backyard and the, sh- the shop out back uh, that they have working out. And, and you know, both of them agreed and through thick and thin, you know, but I, I think it starts with Kane. He wants to do it. He wants to do it. And, you know, I talked to him and I said, you don't resent any of this. You don't uh, feel pressured. No, I don't. This is what I want to do. And I've asked them to do it. I've asked them to help me. And they spent a lot of money, and I'm really grateful for that. I, I appreciate it, and I want to do everything I can, work hard to make it worth it for them to put the money in. And mm-hmm. so I think that's why it works. It wouldn't work in every situation. This isn't going to work with every kid and every family. And, and I, I wouldn't suggest that everybody does that. But uh, it was that little spark, that little I, the, the notice, noticeable IQ factor, and then the commitment from him. I mean, he's locked in, loaded, super committed. But I think at the same time, they, they've allowed him to be a kid. Um, you know, what, what comes to mind, when you, he, he said that people have compared him to LeVar Ball, but I think about Marvin Maritovich, the super parent, USC yeah. alumni, star player that had the son Todd, went pretty well up through USC, and then some things happened off the field with him, and he rebelled, that kind of stuff. And he had, you know, troubled uh, NFL thing, you know, career, but, you know, so I think that's who I think about. I think about a you know super uh, abrasive parent or whatever, but you know involved. But um, yeah, they they're careful, and this is twenty twenty two, not nineteen ninety two. Kids are different, and uh, you know Adam knows that. And uh, you know Kane says when it's time to work out, I work out. When I don't, I go and have fun, and uh, I'm with my friends and the the guys that he hangs out with know that. There's going to be certain parts of the day that he he's not going to be available, and he may be on a trip to California. He's not going to be around, but he it kind of uses his time wisely. I think not an hour goes through the day that he's not doing something. Either he's you know working out or hanging out with friends. I know a lot of the Greenwood football players were at their house. They've got a nice swimming pool, and those guys came and hung out with him some. And so I think it's a good balance. It appears to be everything that I saw talking to everybody. It appears to be a good balance. It appears to be something that he's all in on and doesn't feel pressured to do, and he welcomes it. So I, when, when that's the case with a kid, uh, it's going to go well. I mean, you, you, it, I've always told parents, if a kid wants to do something, you owe it to them to help them, whether it's piano, football, baseball, whatever it is, you owe it to them to help them succeed. If they don't want to do it, you can't force them to. I mean, you, you can. And you can, but it won't work out well. So they have a good relationship from everything I've seen, uh, father, son, mother, Son, uh, brother. I mean, they they they're they're doing well working together for a common goal. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the main thing, Nate. You know, when I, I was reading your story, I think I think back. Obviously, I, I, 
wasn't a, a, a pro style quarterback or uh, a guy that had you know the real admiration to be in the NFL or, or to be a I had the admiration to be a professional athlete. Just unfortunately didn't have the talent. But I, I grew up in the travel baseball scene, playing you know close to a hundred games, uh, over a hundred games a year from fall ball to spring to to summer travel ball and. I, it was something I wanted to do, but it was something that now that I look back at it, I did miss out on a lot of things. And that's that's one thing I think a lot of people think about is, man, you're just missing out on the childhood. But when I was going through it, that's exactly where I wanted to be. Now, reading your story, it does sound like they are the right type of parents because I can – if I've seen one, I've seen a hundred teammates who had the wrong type of parents, the parents who constantly reminded their, their children how much they were spending on travel, how much they were spending on the team fees and everything else like that. And it was, it was a very toxic situation. It seems like this definitely uh, isn't that, but I do want to ask how big of a thing has youth travel football become? Cause uh, honestly, I didn't even know it was around until about a year or two ago. And, you know, yeah. I know how big travel baseball is because I was I was mm-hmm. a part of it from you know from eight to fourteen and then from showcase ball to fourteen to eighteen. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I I didn't realize that until I started reading about him, and I'm like, wow, he's going to Kansas City to play. Start doing some research, and and they were they were talking about some of the teams that they play. And, you know, there's a team out of Los Angeles. I mentioned it in the. Story bookend defensive ends at twelve that are six one and six two and two fifty. That's who you're going up against. Um, it there, it's a thing, and you know I've seen a little bit of it in in, in Arkansas and Little Rock. Reggie Swinton has a group that, that travels around, and does some stuff. But you know, like in Bryant where I live, the guys that play and this is you know four time state champs varsity. The kids play youth football here, and most of them, they just play in the league around here. I don't know of anybody in Bryant that's going traveling far away that I know of. Um, so, I, yeah, I wasn't really aware of that. That was something they really kind of clued me into. And, and in their mind, they feel like that that experience has really set him up to be able to succeed at the varsity level. I mean, when you've played 300 games, you played against guys that are future Division One defensive guys, big guys, or inordinately big and fast, that, that that's going to help him. And, you know, I, I I don't know if that's the case, but it, it you know the more reps you get, that's going to help you, and you, get, you play competition. I I think that they're onto something there a little bit. It, I do think that the varsity level in six A football that's that's a shock for a lot of people. But um, yeah, I mean it, it certainly couldn't have hurt playing against those those types of teams. Mm-hmm. But I, I I did not know about that, and some of the stories they tell, the chronicle in the story, they're pretty unbelievable. The one I thought was really funny is that. They pull up to a game, and a kid drives up in a car, and he's playing against them. So he's 16, and they're 12, and the kid plays in the game, and they don't don't rule they don't rule him ineligible or you know forfeit till the game's over. So <laughs> you you see all kinds of stuff, and I think that probably you know some of those pressures and things that he's seen you know will help him as he moves along. Is he going to play much this year? Well, you know, I, I, Chris Young said that they will need him uh, at some point. He understands that in 6A football, guys get banged up, and it may be for a series, it may be for a couple of games. I want to just tell you, you know, Hunter Houston is the incumbent quarterback. He's a senior. He threw for over 3,000 3, yards last year. 
uh, led him to the state championship. He got knocked out of the game at halftime in the loss to El Dorado, but he is a very good quarterback in his own right. He's got some Division II offers. Um, I think, you know, Chris Young is hopeful that some Division One programs will offer him. So he's very good, and he's the guy. And as, as long as I think he's healthy, he's the number one guy. But as Coach Young said in the story, even if Kane is playing some spot snaps and he comes in the game at certain points and whenever that might be, you know, you're in the offense with Stephen Hogan, the former Greenwood player that went to Arkansas State. You're in that offense. You're in the quarterback room. So when you start next year to play, you're more like a junior than you are a sophomore because you've been at the practices in the offense and probably played some games. And he said we're going to need him at some point. The question is going to be how much they need him. And, you know, if Houston, he was not healthy all last year. You know, he battled some injuries, and he had off-season shoulder surgery on his non-throwing shoulder. So that's the question, Mark. You know, can he make it through the season unscathed? If he can, you know, Greenwood, we've projected them, or a lot of media people, to be a contender for a state championship. You expect him to be at the helm, you know, if, if everything goes as expected with his health. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But um, certainly I uh, think he can play at this level. Uh, Coach Young said he'd started a lot of other schools. So uh, that that's going to be the thing that I think a lot of people are looking at is what he does in some of the JV games he plays in at first. And then if he gets in the varsity game, what happens? And, and what kind of opportunity is he, is he going to get? It's going to be a major storyline as we go along, and I predict we'll talk about that some throughout the season. Appreciate you, Nate. We'll do it again Appreciate next it, week. Looking forward to doing this uh, a lot more as football season uh, gets closer to kickoff and then you kickoff after kickoff after kickoff. Nate Olson from Scorebook Live. Uh, all right, we'll wrap things up after the break. Don't forget about... Our friends at Twin Peaks in Rogers. Right now, they've got they've added a new dish to their menus: chicken street corn salad. It features iceberg lettuce, charred corn, lentils, billionaires bacon, jalapenos, parmesan, pico de gallo. I mean, everything you'd ever want on a salad. They got it right there for you. Twin Peaks and Rogers, their sports headquarters. 29 degree draft beer is flowing. Kitchen bursting with made from scratch fan favorites at Twin Peaks in Rogers. Get by Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith today and pick up a four-pack of the new Crown Royal Cocktails. Available in whiskey and cola, peach brewed tea, green apple, and now whiskey lemonade. Try some today. Now, back to the podcast. All right, wrapping things up quickly here on Halftime. Uh, we've appreciated all of your autograph stories uh, that we have. Uh, a lot of people have sent these ones in here. Jerry Rice and Joe Montana. That's cool. JB and Rogers had that one. If that's on the same football, you got to get that one on the same football. You got to. I was told that, that one way you can really make sure that your memorabilia, pieces like this, actually are worth something. Like if you want to sell it, I'm not interested in selling any of the things that I might have. Mm-hmm. But it needs to it needs to have like a theme, like a gather like the 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 baseball I told you about that I got in Akron with just a bunch of different mm-hmm. uh, ball players on it that were never they weren't playing for the same team. It's different than if like you have oh the two thousand twenty one world champion Atlanta Braves on the same baseball. Like that's going to be that's worth, worth something, yeah. quite a bit more than just 
you know, five or six autographs of famous ball players that really don't have a connection other than the fact that they're at the same fantasy camp, something like that. So a, a ball signed by you got to have Montana sign sign the ball on the laces, mm-hmm. and then it's up to Jerry Rice wherever he thinks he would catch the ball <laughs> to put. He gets two autographs, one for each hand, somewhere near the nose, you know, somewhere up, uh, yeah. up around there. But yeah, I also, I mean, if you were going to sell it, you, you'd have to get it, you know. You get the certificate of authenticity, and I don't even know how you go about doing that. Like if, like if for this for this ball, say you just ran into Joe Montana and and Jerry Rice out, and you said, "Hey, I just happen to have this football. Will you sign it?" And then if you wanted to sell it, where do you even go to get it authenticated? I've always been always got a, a, a kick out of people that want to get money signed because that might be the only thing they have that's that you can put a pen <laughs> on at that moment. Jeremiah and Cedarville and Corliss. And Scotty on a dollar bill. Nice. It should be on a hundred dollar bill, mm-hmm. Jeremiah, but I know you're not going to spend that dollar anyway. Never. All right. We appreciate you joining us today. It's always fun. And back with you tomorrow for another Wednesday edition of Halftime. For Maddie and Drew, I'm Phil. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Get up, get out, and get better. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. When raising a Pacifico beer with friends you just met turns into hitting up their friends' local art show getting inspired to create something together and painting your first mural, you found what was waiting for you. Pacifico. Life's waiting. 21 plus only. Discover responsibly. Pacifico Clara Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.